Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, you ready to let the dogs out? What? Do what? <laughs> let the dogs out. You know, like, who let the dogs out? Who, who? Off the Hook, airing on offthehooksports.com. Your home for real news, real opinions, and what really matters about Tennessee athletics. Always available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, iHeart. Like, share, follow, subscribe. Always available wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Welcome to the program. He is Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker and loaded on this hump day. You've made it halfway through the week. So congrats to you. And we won't talk any Joe Biden. How about that? We won't go in that direction. We'll go Tennessee football today and Tennessee basketball as Ron Slay will join us with 104.5 The Zone in Nashville. He's out in Arizona for the uh, Super Bowl and Radio Row. So look forward to catching up with him. And also, uh, we'll discuss uh, Tennessee's benchmarks and records that they set offensively. Do we take that to some extent with a grain of salt, given the fact that football has changed so tremendously over the past couple of years? I don't necessarily think so. We'll get into that. I think you compare um, – Tennessee as to what other teams are doing now but some of the benchmarks some of the records that have been set I think are are worth looking into because the style of offense that is allowed now is way way different in terms of tempo and we mentioned offensive linemen able to block downfield so we'll get into that and Robert Ayers added to Tennessee staff I got a tip on that a couple of days ago and I think it's a great move for him. I think it's a great move for Tennessee for a couple of different reasons. And we'll get into that. Portions of the program brought to you by Craft Treats. Go to crafttreats.com and get their chill pills. They're great for your pet. And they will 
allow your pet to be more at ease with the CBD treats. And they'll also help with your pet's arthritis or maybe digestive issues as well. Use the promo code off the hook. That's off the hook can get 20% off the chill pills or any of their other fantastic pet treats. Check them out. That's crafttreats.com. Good morning, Caleb Calhoun. How are you, sir? I am tremendous, Dave. I just can't wait to see Ron Slay to see what his defense of Tennessee basketball is going to be today. (laughs) (laughs) We will check in with that. We look forward to visiting with Ron each and every Wednesday, brought to you by Zach England of Best of Frog. Zach's got your back. So, uh, Caleb, here we go. We're off and running, and good morning to those that are already uh, on the chat board. We greatly appreciate that, as it seems as if my chat is uh, malfunctioning a little bit. So if I don't get back to you immediately... Uh, know that it was not out of uh, just ignoring you. So we'll we'll work on that as we go through the program. So let's go ahead and get started, Caleb. Robert Ayers uh, has been added as a graduate assistant. You can call it a grad assistant. You can call it a defensive analyst, whatever you want to call it. But it's essentially somebody that can work with the staff in preparing the players. Now, NCAA rules say that you can't have more than nine coaches on the field at any particular time. So technically, he's not allowed to be on the field. Well, let me go ahead and tell you, there's a reason that Nick Saban closed off. He was the first to do this with the analysts. There's a reason he closed off practice the media, and uh, it's because all those analysts run out on the practice field during practice. I can tell you covering a team one time that I bumped into an analyst who was running out on the field when the media was kicked off. And he said, you don't see me. You don't see me. I said, I don't, I don't see you. So that's the way these things work. And if Tennessee's not doing it, they're not taking advantage of the situation. But yes, I think at most schools, those guys run out there and actually coach on the field. Regardless, I think Robert Ayers can have a huge impact. Caleb, you've got Rodney Garner. I mentioned yesterday is thought of as more of a recruiter. And I think Robert Ayers has a tremendous amount of football knowledge. And talking to someone who knows Robert Ayers, he said that, man, you just can't be around the NFL for that long and not be an expert. What did you make of the pickup by Robert Ayers? Yeah, so I see uh, two points. Uh, Before we get there, by the way, I want to say that you're – I didn't know that, what you told me about the analyst thing. That's enlightening. And now I think Nick Saban – I mean – could you imagine Alabama could not have won that 2020 national championship if Butch Jones was not out on the field working with the players, guys? That's right. I was I was told by somebody <laughs> close to Saban that he actually respected Butch Jones's um, zone read print or RPO principles. That he liked that part of it, but the rest was kind of a bit of a question mark. Is that a nice way to put it? Yeah, that's that. You're you're way more diplomatic than I am. It's uh, a. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, so uh, as far as Robert Ayers goes, um, I, I do have to say that I'm, I'm reading this two ways. I'm reading this one way the way you're reading it, which is for now, this is a way to me for Rodney Garner to be able to go out and focus on the recruiting trail and constantly go out and recruit. And Robert Ayers can be the guy to coach and develop the defensive lineman um, while he's gone. You're right, Robert Ayers. I don't think, you know, I don't think. I think a lot of what Robert Ayers did to be successful was specifically about understanding fundamentals and playing well. I mean, this wasn't, yes, he had some raw talent, but remember he committed to Tennessee as an inside linebacker in 2004. So he had to transition to defensive end. And I think a lot of his success was just him understanding the role. I also think I want to bring this up about Robert Ayers. I think one of the more mentally tough guys out there, you know, Robert Ayers breakout year was his senior, his 
fifth year senior year in 2008. And Dave, you know, you cover the 05 and 08 teams. When you're a senior, it's really hard to be excited about playing football when you're having the type of year Tennessee had those two years. And Robert Ayers was one of those players that he and Ramon Foster were the two that I thought really gave their all even when the season was falling apart in 2008 and what was happening to Fulmer was happening to Fulmer. And that was really hard to do if you're a senior. So he's a, to me, he's a really high-character guy, very, very smart player, Worked, played very well in the NFL for quite a few years. I, I agree. I think this is a great pickup. And I think this is a move to maybe – look, Rodney Garner's 56. I don't know how much longer he wants to do this. I mean, I, maybe Robert Ayers become the heir apparent. I don't think Robert Ayers takes this job if he doesn't think that there is an on-field coaching role somewhere in the near future. Very well could be. I think that Robert Ayers in, in high school, um, it, it, he was – a positive addition to uh, Oak Ridge. I don't question that, but I think that he was maybe a little bit too uh, mature, let's say for high school, based off what I've been told. And um, his approach will be a better fit in college. Um, I, I think that Tennessee's defensive linemen and in particular, the defensive ends can be more effective with more coaching. And I don't want this to sound like a shot at Rodney Garner at all, because it's not when you're, arguably one of the best recruiters of his generation, that's what you're primarily hired to do. And I think Tim Banks did a great job of scheming up Tennessee for the most part last year. But I think Banks deserves more credit for the sacks and tackles for a loss than necessarily Garner. So I think that Robert Ayers coming in is a great guy, whether or not he ever runs out on the practice field, which I would think he would, just like everybody else, whether or not he ever does that, he is going to be a guy that can teach fundamentals, can teach how to use your hands, can teach uh, how to be an edge pass rusher because uh, he's done it in, in the NFL. And again, the person I talked to close to Robert just had rave reviews about his football knowledge. Just maybe a bit uh, a bit harsh for the high school level, if, if that makes sense. Um, there's not the go kill them and that sort of thing. Um, in high school as much as there is college in the NFL. Does that make sense? Am I dancing around the, the issue? Um, but I think that um, he's he's a better fit for college than he was in high school, and I think he's very dedicated to being a coach, which as a multimillionaire, you don't necessarily have to be, but he is. So whether or not he replaces Rodney Garner or not, I don't know, Caleb, but I think it's a great pickup. Yeah, I think either way I'm with you. No matter what, it's a great pickup, and I think um... – this is going to be a big help. You're right. This is going to allow Rodney. It's a win-win. It's going to allow for more coaching focus on the defensive line to develop players. And also it's going to allow for Rodney Garner to spend even more efforts on the recruiting trail, which like you said, that's his strongest. That's where he's at his strongest. And I think that, you know, we're, we're talking about a guy that, that you, you know, you want all over the SEC. You want, you want Rodney Garner in Alabama and Georgia all the time trying to get talent there. You know what it reminds me of, but I think this is way better, is when you had Derek Dooley hire Chuck Smith. Now, Chuck Smith actually took up a position on the staff and uh, as a defensive lineman. You saw what happened at LSU when um, Tennessee ran, I think, 18 defensive tackles out on the field. Yes, I do. It's obvious it was obvious from that moment to me that Chuck Smith wasn't ready. He was in charge of substitutions until that moment. And then it was Lance Thompson, the linebackers coach in charge of the front seven from that point forward. 
it was obvious to me that Chuck Smith from the get wasn't ready for that job. But the thing that works out with this new trend of over the past eight years or so of grad assistants and then the defensive or offensive analyst role is Caleb, you're able to groom guys and, and bring them up. And this to me is a lot like that. Um, except you don't take up a spot on your staff like Chuck Smith did. Right, right, exactly. That's true. I, I agree. That's a really big help. The, the one, if I were to criticize this in just one way, and I, I, I don't want to, don't take this like I'm saying this is a bad hire because I'm with you. This is a great hire. I think you and I kind of both agree. I think one of the things you kind of want to see a little more from Tennessee's defensive line, given kind of the way they're a little bit outmatched and, we talk about the blitz packages that Tim Bing styles up with the linebackers. I think it would be a lot of help if there were more stunts used on the defensive line. If that makes sense, you know, particularly with the ends and the tackles. I Robert Ayers never really played in a system that did that. So I'm not sure how familiar he is with those. If you guys remember like his, the coaches he played for guys like Dennis Allen and Jack Del Rio, these are defensive coordinators in the NFL that they kind of rely on, a lot of push in the middle and just elite talent around the edge, similar to what John Chavis did. And when he was Robert Ayers, defensive coordinator, John Chavis was more about speed on the defensive ends. And there weren't, as far as I remember, there weren't that many stunts that defensive linemen ran when John Chavis was defensive coordinator. No, but I would argue as Tennessee evolves defensively from a personnel standpoint, they've got to get more talented, but from a scheme standpoint, they've got to be able to rely on those guys to do it themselves without the stunts and twists. So I think that exposes you if you do that repeatedly to a gash, a big play by the offense. And if you're able to create pressure just without getting exotic in your blitz schemes, I think that changes you. So I think that's what they're hoping that Robert Ayers is able to. That could make sense. Um, I could see that. I, um, I I guess the I guess in the goal is long term, Tennessee gets talented enough to a point to where they're like you're talked about. They don't really have to rely on on stunts and twists and things like that. Um, I think long-term, yeah, I think this is more, I, depending on the type of defense they're trying to run, you know, a defensive line coach could just be a guy who coaches up fundamentals versus a guy who schemes. I don't know what Robert Ayers is better at. I never saw him as a defensive coordinator at Oak Ridge High School, going to be honest. Um, but I, I think that, um, I think that he is still overall a good hire. And again, the biggest thing for me is with Robert Ayers there, Rodney Garner can go out and recruit and just recruit, recruit, recruit. And we know Tennessee needs all the help they can get on the recruiting trail. Not that this class was bad, but if you want to be a national title contender year in and then you're out, like we say, like I say, they will be in 2024. Um, I think that you do want to make sure that you up your class just a little bit. And Rodney Garner can do a lot towards that. Well, you tap into a guy that was in the NFL for almost a decade. So it's it would be hard to be a part of the New York Giants, the Tampa Bay Bucks, and for a short time, the Detroit Lions, as Robert was, and not pick up an awful lot of knowledge. So, you know, he had uh, over 250 tackles in the NFL, 35 sacks. Here's the other thing that I wanted to gauge your thoughts on. Yeah, you know, at what point does he if he replaces Garner as you mentioned at what point does he become a really good recruiter because youth is going to be a factor the fact that he played so long in the NFL is going to appeal to kids so 
we haven't even talked about him as a potential recruiter. I'm talking two, three, four, five years down the line, but he could be that as well. You're right. Uh, I wrote a little bit about that yesterday. He's already got East Tennessee ties with having coached at Oak Ridge. And I actually think he coached at Knox Catholic before that. Um, so he can help fence off the state. He's got NFL credibility. And here's a big one. I don't, he, we talk about this state a lot. He's from South Carolina. True. It's a big state. Tennessee needs to recruit. I know he never has, I know Robert Harris hasn't worked in South Carolina in any capacity, like as a coach, but you don't think being from there and going to high school there helps develop connections on its own? No, I, I definitely think it does. And I think that uh, Robert Ayers um, will be a positive uh, addition to this staff. And um, the, the other thing that really plays in Tennessee's favor, remember this, Caleb, is you know he has a home in Knoxville. So, and, and he's you know signed the monster contract in the NFL. He's financially independent. And he could wait two or three years for an open position at Tennessee where another guy that's hungry for a job and needs to get paid more than a grad assistant could bolt Knoxville. I think he has roots in Knoxville, so that could be a factor in his long-term staying power as well. That's a very good point. You're right. He um, he seems to be doing this because he likes to, because he wants to. There's no desperate career climb out of this. And don't, don't get me wrong. I think he has career aspirations as a coach. I, who wouldn't? We all do, but you're right. I think that he can be a little bit more selective, I guess, than a lot of other a lot of other coaches would be. Um, so yeah, no, I, I'm with you. I think that Robert Ayers um, is likely to stay in Knoxville. It's very clear he loves Knoxville. He loves Tennessee. He again, I mean, I, I go back. He's one of the mentally toughest people to play for Tennessee and and, and to do what he did in 2008. With every, to play as well as he did with everything working against the program and to be a senior and to realize that your last year, this is what you're dealing with. Um, it's the same credit I give to that entire 2005 defense where they never stopped playing no matter how bad things got. And there were a lot of seniors on that team, people like Paris Harrelson, rest in peace. Um, those guys, you just, you know, they never quit playing. And I have a lot of, res- it's easy to be playing. It's easy to play if, you're a young guy and you see a future and you're just making a splash as a freshman or a sophomore. It's also easy to play when things are going well, when you're a senior, it's your last year and things are struggling and that it gets a little hard to care. And Robert Ayers never stopped caring when he was at Tennessee that last year. No, uh, I agree. Tennessee Vanderbilt tonight as uh, the balls um, in hoops action, as they get back on the court after a so, so week, uh, last week, and uh, I was on a Nashville station yesterday, and I was asked you know, keys to the game. And I think it's as simple as this, Caleb. I think that you know, Tennessee has to shoot better from the three. The If you look at Vanderbilt's success, it's based off how they've defended the perimeter. And when they've done that at a high level, they've won games. When they haven't, they haven't. So, it's pretty much as simple as that. I think at the end of the day, you can look at, or end of the night, I should say, you can look at Tennessee's ability to hit threes or not and determine whether or not Tennessee uh, wins the game tonight. I think it's as simple as one stat line. Oh, I agree. Um, that's, that's been their biggest problem. It's where I kind of disagree with Jimmy Hyams to a certain degree, where we spoke with him yesterday. You know, he talked about, you know, you expect them to at least hit twos when they're struggling. And I'm like, you know, I, I think that 
I, I think that they, they can't just rely on twos. You have to hit from outside in today's game, and they just have it. Now, they, I, I, where I kind of disagree is I think they might get away with it tonight. Uh, I think Vanderbilt um, – you can probably beat Vanderbilt if you're having an off-night shooting. But, I mean, that's not a formula to win long-term. So I, I just – I don't know what – what we're going to get and what we're going to see from Tennessee basketball tonight. And that's kind of a, that's kind of an issue. Uh, let's go to the message board. I'm having trouble seeing it on my end, but Caleb can see it for some reason. So who, who all is chiming in before we get to Ron Slay? So I want to remind you to hit the like button, please thumbs up. That helps us bring more people in. And if you haven't subscribed already, please do that. The YouTube channel is phenomenal. Caleb's been knocking out of the park in terms of uh, pulling videos that you can see that I think will, um, certainly whet your appetite for more. So I, I, Caleb's just killing it. So uh, I want you to be sure and subscribe to the channel. We'll have more good stuff coming up. So let's go to the message board brought to you by Zool Beer Company. Zool Beer, XULBeer.com is the official craft beer of Off the Hook Sports. Great place to park downtown as you can enjoy their fantastic panoramic views of Knoxville. But worldwide award-winning craft beer you need to be aware of. Zool Beer, XULBeer. Dot com. So, Caleb, what do we got on the message board before we get to the one, the only Ron Slay? All right. So Travis Case jumps in and says, I believe referring to Robert Ayer, says his love for UT will make a big difference. I think you and I both agree with that, Dave. I think yes. he genuinely loves Tennessee. And um, he only loves coaching. I don't think he would have done it at Oak Ridge for next to nothing. Uh, as high school coaches should be paid more. I don't think he would do it at Tennessee for uh, what most would consider an average salary if he didn't love it. So love for coaching, love for Tennessee is a big factor. What else? Yes, yes, definitely. Um, John Hill said a couple of things. Um, maybe Banks didn't give his all to academics, but he played his tail off on the field. Um, we're talking about Banks or Ayers? I think it's about uh, Banks. I don't know how we got Banks. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, another John Hill. Here's a random one. Totally out of left field, but it's actually an interesting question. Who gets more reps? Small or Samson? He says, I like small, but man, Samson is something. So, Dave, who's getting more reps next year? Jabari Small, Dylan Sampson? You know, I like Jabari Small a lot, but I think Dylan Sampson brings a whole different aspect to this offense. And Tennessee is not going to be able to just line it up and run at people. They're not built that way. They're a lighter offensive line by design. That's not what they want to do. So that precludes the the power back, except in short yard situations. So a way to dominate up front might be to have a guy spring a two, three yard gain for eight, nine, 10. And then you're suddenly in a four minute top of drill and not, not rushing all the time, which hurts your defense. So I was thinking that just the other day. That's uh, interesting. That you mentioned that John, I, I think that Dylan Sampson can bring a whole different level of offensive efficiency because of his uh, burst ability, if you want to say. I'm going to go the other way and say small, just because I don't know if Dylan Sampson can be like a workhorse type of guy that takes a bunch of care. It takes 20 to 25 carries. And we know small can convert those short yardage plays. So I think that's kind of a big deal. Sam Hargrove jumps in and says it's going to be shared. Um, I think uh, Travis, Travis case says Robert Ayers is a great pickup. Smoky Mountain Red, maybe Dave, maybe this is an inside joke that you get and I don't, but he said, so is it Prowler time again at Tennessee? LOL. Aha, going back 2000. Well, that was what John Chavis ran against Florida in 2001 when only one person would actually have their hand down and guys were bouncing off. Oh, I didn't know that was what that was called. 
yeah, uh, that was that was the the Prowler package. Uh, they ran one other time, I think, in Chavis's tenure, but for the most part, it's known for that 2001 upset against Florida in the swamp. So, yeah, I'm all for Prowler package. I love me some good Prowler. Help me with X's and O's for a minute, Dave. Just this random curious X's and O's question about that then the Prowler. Because I remember that game too, and I didn't know that was what it was called. I thought Chavis called a brilliant game against Florida that year in 2001. But the thing that threw me off was there was a lot of blitzes. And I didn't feel like Tennessee needed to blitz a lot that year because they had Hainsworth and Henderson. So what changed with Florida that made them need to blitz Grossman so much? Well, we alluded to this yesterday. I think that John Chavis had determined that Steve Spurrier was determined to throw the ball no matter what, even when it didn't look like the best option. So, yes, they could have leaned on those guys in that scenario. But instead, what they did is they bounced people around because they weren't worried about the run whatsoever. So they were able to bounce people around, and and that's what worked for them. Um, And it worked out, certainly, in that 2001 game where Tennessee was able – to upset Florida. That was a pretty big game. I wonder if this guy, Ron Slay, of 104.5 The Zone, who's out there sunning in Arizona. Do you remember the 2001 Tennessee-Florida football game? Do you remember? I was the one. That was the one in, uh, in, in, in Gainesville? Yes. Yes. So let me tell you what my job was coming back for that game. So – as soon as they win, they get in the locker room. Big John calls me and says, hey, meet me at the complex in 25 minutes. <laughs> I pulled up at the complex and need to say, it was a nice night after that Florida game. You see that? Right down, Fox. Yeah, baby. <laughs> Shout out to the girls, man, for letting us party on the after 2001. That was well, you were I got you. Now, you weren't a part of that group that was handed out roses for the Rose Bowl before the SEC championship game at Tom Black Track, though, were you? No, I heard about that, though. No, <laughs> not at all. Hey, hey, the football guys don't work that way, man. Do that. Yeah, that, that, that didn't work out well. All right, let me, let's me let get to Tennessee basketball right now as you're out in Arizona for Super Bowl coverage for 104.5 Zone. I definitely, definitely follow Ron and check him out uh, throughout the week. He's one of the best tweet guys out there. You and Rex Chapman have it going on. Um, <laughs> but, um, Ron, Tennessee basketball, Vanderbilt tonight, I think really it's pretty simple. And if I'm oversimplifying, tell me, I just think Tennessee needs to – hit some shots from the arc. Yeah. No, I think that's continue to play the game that you've been playing defensively um, and add in that, that last part, hit some shots. If they're able to do that, then um, I'm pretty sure that you walk away with a victory. Now, you know, you can always throw in the, the mythical memorial magic that somehow works its way in, especially in this rivalry. But I think they should be able to handle business, man. This is Long overdue to finally make some shots and somebody get get going and be hitting on our cylinders offensively. Let me ask you about that real quick. That memorial magic is that you know with the the benches on opposite ends and everything. Is that a real thing? Is that messed with you as a player? Yeah, I mean, especially growing up here in Nashville, where it was it was like you know you saw it so many in so many instances where. Um, 
Drew Maddox, uh, Billy McCaffrey, Ronnie McMahon, these guys would be losing games and out of nowhere. Like, it was, it was real magic. Like, they would make the shot, get on the run, 6 0 run, and before you know it, you'd be looking and they'd be celebrating on the court. Like, dude, what happened? We just, we were going to win this game. And I saw it with the best of them, Kentuckys, um, Arkansas, and their heyday. Like, Vanderbilt was tough, and then that, that mystique just carried on, man. It's different. When you can't hear the coach, it works in two ways at the other end of the floor. It's, it's good when you taking a bad shot because you can't hear him screaming at you. But it's also, it's bad when you're trying to get the play called and the way the game is rocking. Ron, I want to appreciate you for coming on and uh, facing me today after your vociferous defense of Tennessee basketball last week. And, <laughs> and then you saw those two games. <laughs> Um, I said that the I, I wrote on Saturday that win over Auburn was not a bounce back win to me. That was just bad basketball on both sides. Yeah. And okay, at what point do we start to get really concerned that Jimmy Himes told us yesterday the problem is that nobody respects Tennessee's inside game enough to pull off the perimeter when they go down low, so no one's open on the perimeter. How can they fix that? You, you got to get efficient. You need Olivier to be able to make shots. Um, not necessarily play to the level that he did against Texas, but when you come out and you give him about six times on the offensive possession, and we need you to make one or two of them because that's what's going to make the defense ups. If he gets to working, Alvin did a great job of playing him one-on-one with Janai Brown, where he didn't need any help. And he's a really good defender. So going in this situation, it's pretty much going to be the same. Liam Roberts can defend. Whoever, uh, um, Clinton, M- MB, I don't know how to say his last name, <laughs> he can defend whoever one on one as well. So you got guys that can match up. And if you cannot collapse the paint, which you can't do with penetration, then you got to be able to get a low post score down there and take advantage of it. If not, it's going to be a long night because nobody's leaving them shooters. They're not leaving the shooters. You know what I mean? Things are going to get tighter. Um, and then you're always going to have guys in rebound position because they're going to be on the inside. Of the opponent that they're going. Um, Ron, what as as you also work for the SEC Network and cover a lot of basketball outside of Tennessee, what team are we not talking about, either positive or negative? Hey, and- put your put your cup down, Caleb. Like, there's no <laughs> need for you to have to sit to me and be and be a little comment. Like you are, dog. You are good. Good job. We know. <laughs> And you're like, Dr. Evil, you might as well put your pinky up and sit in the team. I think that's, uh, I think that's Caleb's uh, celebratory uh, sip, is what that is. Oh, man, that and the little Dr. Evil laugh that he gave me, he did everything to win his hands together. Guys, I am from Memphis. I'm a hardcore Grizzlies fan. If y'all follow the Grizzlies, we like to talk a lot. That's what we like to do with them. We like to do a lot of talking. <laughs> I always noticed. I was going to ask them. I understand. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, Ron, I'm, I'm a little concerned about you and me both. I mean, here we are in workout gear, and he's wearing a sport coat, so I'm trying to up my game a little bit. Hey, <laughs> man, uh, well, hey, we got to get some wardrobe, uh, some wardrobe money put in, uh, put in the deal. Off the hook, this one, baby. Caleb's sucking it all up, man. <laughs> what do you say? Yeah, it's um, – I'm, this this whole video aspect is still weird to me, Ron. <laughs> we'll roll with it. Um, but I'm, I'm curious as an overall look at the SEC. Who's the 
this is a team we're not talking about from a positive or negative aspect that you see. Because um, we've talked about Alabama, we talked about Tennessee, we've now talked about Vanderbilt, we've even hit Kentucky. But what's the storyline that we're missing? Um, man, I would have to, I would have to go with um, and I think A and M is a dangerous team, man. I love. We were actually talking about it, me and Mayor, last night when we were coming in with. Um, Vance coming in every now and then after her, her um, team lost, I just, you know, kind of hurt her heart a little bit. But that's neither here nor there. But we were talking about, you know, one of the teams like that is flying under the radar. And it's A&M, man. It's, but you don't see it because of the depth. You know, after the first five guys, it's kind of like it's a fall off a little bit. Um, as far as who comes in, you got a guy like your health nerd comes in and shoots threes a lot, but. You don't really have a guy that can spark it like it's a Cowboy last year where you put a spotlight on that team that can really make a difference. So you depend on that core. But Buzz Williams, man, has done a phenomenal job in being able to see them pregame, not pregame, I'm sorry, shoot around before the Texas A&M and Auburn game. Man, they do something that a lot of people don't know. After they do shoot around, and this is this is what it took to me, man. I'm like, they got some special going. After they do shoot around, everybody lines up on the baseline, holds hands. Buzz Williams is in the middle, and they walk the full length of the court with him saying a prayer. And when they get to the end, like everybody comes together, say amen, and then Boots Radford or Wade Taylor breaks it down. And it's like it gives them back control of the team. So they tied in differently than you see with other teams. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's special, man. When you can. Really, especially where they came from in a non-conference game, because they were terrible, you know. And to be able to bounce back to where they are right now, it's, it's going to be interesting. They picked up a big win last night against I sleeping in this year. That's pretty big, man. Ron, great stuff. So you're at the Super Bowl. You're going to be on Radio Row, which is I've done that before, and that's uh, pure insanity. Have you done that before? Yeah, we did it last year, but it was still a little bit coming off of COVID, so it wasn't. As many people are, the, the, the media probably is double. Yeah. Um, I, looking I, at the Super I remember um, uh, going from one interview with Joe Namath to Chris Berman. I mean, it was just <laughs> And they all have something to sell. So they want yep. to come on the radio show. So you're not hunting them down. So at the end, you get mm-hmm. this interview and you say, What are you here selling? They're like, Dentine. You know, it can be worse. <laughs> yeah, I've been giving you a sports story and, and they work in whatever they're selling. Exactly, exactly right. That's right. <laughs> this is brought to you by Double Mint Gum. Um, <laughs> so, who do you like in the Super Bowl? Do you like the Chiefs or Dane Bradshaw's evil, evil Philadelphia Eagles? Hey, man, it's looking like if it was played on paper, I would have to go with um, the Eagles now. I would have to, uh, but it's not played on paper. Um, so the experience that would go to Mahomes and those guys, man. So I'm, I'm torn on it, but I, I think the Eagles gonna pull it out, man. Even though I, I'm scared to bet against the Mahomes in, in that experience at some point. Man. Imagine Houdini, Houdini, the slash magician back there, man. When, when things get tight, and somehow figures it out every time. But the Eagles just they they look good, man. If Hurts can play like he was before going into the playoffs, yeah, it's gonna be a tough situation for him. Good stuff, Ron. I know you got work to do. Is that Brent behind you? No, that's Hunt. That's Hunt back there. Oh, <laughs> so everybody, we said hey then. Everybody, they said hey. They were bounce. Hey. Hey, that's, 
There's Brent. There he is. There's Brent. We'll let you go. You guys have a safe trip and um, enjoy Radio Row. As it's, uh, I'm sure it's going to be a uh, long four hours. And how can people follow you again? Um, me up on D Ron Slay. Uh, I think. On uh, Twitter, <laughs> gotcha. man, just look out. Just, I'm gonna tell you how you look out for the back signal. I put the I put the the slate signal in there. You see that up there? It say boom boom boom. Just hurry up and hustle to the light. Ron Slay 104.5 The Zone. Check him out at the Ron Slay on uh, Twitter as. I, he really broke down the game as exactly as, as I would. We're going to get back to the chat board and get your thoughts. Also, uh, Tennessee and recruiting. We've got some news there, so stay tuned. More to come. Back in two minutes off those words. Family has been creating jewelry since 1986. Each piece unique with a story all its own. I'm Rick Terry with Rick Terry Jewelry Designs. I'm a jeweler, and I want to be your jeweler. We're grateful that you chose us to be Knoxville's best jeweler. My family and staff look forward to serving you. So please come see us. Kingston Pike and Campbell Station Road in the heart of Farragut and downtown on Gay Street, right next to the Tennessee Theater. Inflation has risen to the highest level in over 40 years, according to the April 2022 U.S. Inflation Calculator. Will your investments provide you the income you need in retirement? Are you losing purchasing power of your savings due to inflation. Simply stated, if the cost of goods and services are 8% higher and you're only earning 4% in your investments, that money buys you less of what you need. Right now is the time to act. Call Guardian Investment Advisors today. Hey folks, Gary Viles here. I want to personally invite you to North Knoxville's newest sports bar and restaurant. It's Big Orange Phillies, located in Black Oak Center. And yes, folks, it's happening in halls. Big Orange Phillies offers family-friendly environment with homemade meals and the best deli-style subs around. Billiards, darts, jukebox, shuffleboard, and cornhole, and a full bar. We also offer valet parking on weekends and during special events. We even have a covered back patio. It's happening at Big Orange Phillies. We want, we need, and we appreciate your business. Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. Dare to compare. Chattanooga, we're at it again. For the fifth year in a row, you voted us best of the best criminal and DUI law firm. And finalists for best law firm and best personal injury firm. Thank you for the love, Chattanooga. We won't let you down. Do you want to own the more that owns every job? Then get the Vasti Lawn and Garden in Cleveland and get you a Toro. I'm David Vasti, here to talk to you about Toro. With a Toro Zero turn, you'll get more out of every minute and you'll reach the finish line faster. At Bassey's, we like to say, no matter if you're mowing three acres a week or 11 lawns a day, homeowners and business owners alike find confidence in equipment they can trust from top to bottom. Bassey Lawn and Garden, Highway 60 North in Cleveland. Man alive, it's worth the drive. Got cataracts? We can fix that. Never miss another moment. With a little help from Drs. Campbell, Cunningham, Taylor, and Hahn. 
at cctis.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back. Yeah, I remember Chris Berman asking him, can you do one of the, remember you used to always do those catchphrase nicknames things? Yes. I said, uh, can you do one of my last name? And he looked down at my credential and said, is this a family show? <laughs> that, didn't, oh, man. that didn't work out um, exactly. But yeah, it was that the Radio Row experience is just, um, uh, is just bizarre because it literally is Joe Namath, Wayne Gretzky, just one after another. And, um, but my favorite story from Radio Row, if I can go Uncle Dave's memories here, is do you remember Andy Rooney on 60 Minutes? No, I'm sorry. I don't do you remember Andy Rooney, the guy at the end. They always talk like this. And then at the he was the he was the curmudgeon at the end of 60 Minutes that would do like a three minute vignette that would always rip something that young people thought were thought was hip and cool. Does anybody remember that on the message board, Andy Rooney? Andy Rooney passed away in 2011. I had just got out of college. I'm pretty sure Andy Rooney, like, wasn't I like seven when he was doing 60 Minutes or younger? Probably, but I was a big 60 Minutes fan even when I was young, and I still am. 60 Minutes Australia, by the way, is through the roof good. So it's cultured, like, Dave. It's like, <laughs> it's like somewhere between 60 Minutes America and um, TMZ. 60 Minutes Australia. I've, I'm addicted to the 60 Minutes Australia. It's fantastic. It's like 60 Minutes amped up. So anyway... Andy Rooney, does anybody on the message board remember that? I'm having trouble accessing the message board. Give me some uh, uh, some support here, guys. Um, and I remember going up to him. He was an old curmudgeon, and sure enough, he played that part. And I said, I said, uh, hey, Mr. Rooney, would you mind being on this radio show? He goes, I don't want to do radio. And that's how he talked. And then, so... I said, uh, I noticed him wandering around like a lost old man, which he was. <laughs> And I said, Mr. Rooney, can I help you? And I was going to say, find the credential. And he interrupted me. I already told you that I didn't want to do your show. And I, my impression for the record is spot on. But, uh, and he got mad at me again. And I just said, I was just telling you the credential is right there. So he got his credential and then he got, uh, we both got on an elevator and he was going to the wrong floor. So it's uncomfortable. He had just yelled at me, and we had to stand on the elevator going up and down 20 floors in Atlanta. Uh, that was my one experience with Andy Rooney. So I don't know if you find that story entertaining or not, considering you don't know who Andy Rooney was. But after you Googled him, does it jog a memory at all? I mean, vaguely. I mean, he. Um, <laughs> I, I do know that he had he had a good point with I, 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 the um, – the Dan Rather controversy on 60 Minutes. Uh, I actually remember him now because he had the best take on it. Remember when Dan Rather got fired because he misreported the George Bush National Guard story? It would have been in 2004, 2005. Barely. Um, and that's when I started to get into journalism. But 
basically uh, he rightly pointed out that it's funny that rather than the people on the front lines got fired, but everybody behind the scenes got to stay. And even though most of the research on those shows are done behind the scenes and, you know, I would say Andy Rooney was kind of like the uh, old uh, Caucasian version of Stephen A. Smith. He was kind of the first to do the whole uh, I got to take thing. And it was at the end of every 60 minutes. So 60 minutes theoretically was down the middle journalistically. And he was the guy who would add a little spice. So uh, is anybody on the message board backing me on Andy Rooney? I can't see the message board today for some reason. Wasn't uh, I see? I always saw Jimmy the Greek as the original Stephen A. Smith, or as, as the old Caucasian Stephen A. Smith. I know he got in some hot water and got in trouble for what he said later in life, but yes, um, with the uh, with the uh, and then he had a gambling problem. He was the first to do picks. If you remember, he would have these odd scores like twenty three to eighteen or twenty two to eighteen. Well, why did he pick the odd scores? It was basically to quietly address the spread. So, and the over-under. So he would have these really strange scores, like just out of like 11 to 8. You're like, how would that even happen? Well, it happened to be a field goal in the over-under. If you add them together, he addressed both of those without addressing it. Little did we know that he had a gambling problem, and so did Brent Musburger on the same set at the same time. <laughs> oh, interesting. Uh, I thought Brent Musburger's only problem. On the set. <laughs> Well, that, uh, that AJ McCarron's girlfriend, uh, she's something. Mm. <laughs> Portions of the program brought to you by Zach England of Best and Brock. Zach's got your back. Zach England of Best and Brock. You'll love Zach when it comes to a personal injury attorney in the Chattanooga area that can take care of you. Uh, they are fantastic at Best and Brock. Zach England, Zach's got your back. What are we hearing on the message board? Right? Oh, this is a great one, Dave. Uh, on the message board, Travis, uh, Travis Case is asking you to say, I hate Joe Milton and the Rooney voice. Um, the Rooney voice, i tell you what, that Joe Milton, he runs and fumbles too much. <laughs> he says, Travis says you sound a little more like a dying owl. Well, that's um, what Andy Rooney sounded like. Smoky Mountain Red says he thought you were doing a Gilbert Gottfried voice. Oh, yeah, maybe I am. David John says Gilbert uh, Rooney was hilarious. Uh, um, let's see. But uh, going down. Okay, Travis Case is calling Eagles by 14. Sam Hargo, you are not, you may not be wrong. He says the sport code is my workout gear. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, I, uh, it's, I just threw this on, you know, guys, what can I say? Just casually threw it on. I, to, to quote Beyonce, I woke up like this. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure she did as well. Um, all right, Smoky so- Mountain Red says, anyone else recall the late night George Michael sports machine? I remember the George Michael. Is it George Michael or Michaels? Which was the singer? George Michaels is, I think. Michaels. Singer. By the way, huge George Michaels fan right here. Interesting. Yeah. Solo or Wham? Uh, all of it. All of the above. I think he's an incredible talent. So I can go from Guns N' Roses to... I can go to George Michaels just like that. Boom. I can go from Metallica Rage Against the Machine to George Michaels just like that. Wow. It's impressive, Dave. Yeah. And I can tell you that when I, um, the, the person who had us, um, who gave us a tour of the, uh, the butler at the Playboy Mansion back when Tennessee played Cal, met us at the, met me and my wife. At Hooker the, at the Playboy Mansion. Sorry. Yeah. 
hookers, plural. Hookers the hookers in the grotto is what that was. Uh, my wife, the hooker, jumping on the man show trampoline. But I, we met at this outdoor little, um, uh, it was just like a park, and they had a restroom. And the guy that met us there to bring us to the Playboy Mansion said, hey, that's where George Michaels got arrested. Do you remember why he got arrested? I do not. Uh, let's just say it's public stuff you shouldn't do, that you should do in private. Oh, okay. That with other individuals or individual, whatever the case may be. So, um, I guess. But uh, yeah, we went to the, the Playboy Mansion and Tennessee got uh, hammered by Cal. Uh, which was a very interesting place to to watch a game for the record. So what are we hearing on the the uh, message boards now, Caleb? Uh, David Johns, George Michaels was awesome. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see. We um, going down a little bit more. Uh, Sam Hargrove. We were talking. I, I think this is in reference to um, Dylan Sampson and Jabari Small, the new recruit from Birmingham, provides a different dimension. Is that Deshaun Bishop or Khalifa Keith? The Cleveland Keith. That's who he's referring to, I think. Is he, is he from Birmingham? No, he's from Kentucky. Cleve- oh, okay. So who is who is from who's new? sorry, I gotta go pull up this recruiting class again. My mind's drawing a complete blank. By the way, I'm gonna work on a column, it's pretty much done, that's gonna assess Tennessee as a top ten class. And uh, they've had four top ten classes previous to this last one. And where they ended up, it is all over the board. They've been total bust, and they've been totally incredible. You so, mean four top ten in the post-former era? or Yes. Yeah, four I was going to say. And in the post-former. So 2009 on. Um, and we'll have that up for you a little bit later this afternoon on offthehooksports.com. Uh, no, uh, Dave Khalifa Keith is from Birmingham. Oh, my apologies. Okay. Yeah. I, thought, uh, I had him from uh, Bowling Green, Kentucky in my head. Portions of the program brought to you by Andy Mason Real Estate.com. Andy Mason is a realtor in his office over 40 years of experience at Andy Mason Real Estate.com. Andy Mason has two business principles. That's to make sure that you spend uh, less money because he has the best prices in town and you get the best service because he has the best service in town. That's Andy Mason Real Estate.com. Uh, Tennessee basketball tonight. And we will get to that. And uh, also want to hear more from your uh, message board post. Uh, Who do you want me to address as Andy Rooney? Because we'll be right back after this. Stay tuned. He's Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker. Two minutes. Sun, sand, and salt water. The beach is a very relaxing place. Unless you wear contacts. Ow! Open your eyes to the best the beach has to offer with LASIK Vision Correction from Campbell Cunningham Laser Center. Ah. Do you want to own the more that owns every job? Then get the Vasti Lawn and Garden in Cleveland and get you a Toro. I'm David Vasti, here to talk to you about Toro. With a Toro Zero Turn, you'll get more out of every minute and you'll reach the finish line faster. At Vassy's, we like to say, no matter if you're mowing three acres a week or 11 lawns a day, homeowners and business owners alike find confidence in equipment they can trust from top to bottom. Vassy Lawn and Garden, Highway 60 North in Cleveland. Man alive, it's worth the drive. Hey folks, Gary Viles here, Viles Automotive on Callahan Drive. I've been selling cars here in East Tennessee for 27 years. In that time, I've come to realize it's not about the car. It's about you, the customer. So I'm here to take care of you just like family. Good credit, bad credit, you name it, we can get you taken care of. If we don't have it, 
We can find it for you. We go across the country to get any vehicle that you want. And here at Viles Automotive, we don't believe in fake numbers. We just give you great deals. And as always, we want, we need, and we appreciate your business. Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. Chattanooga, we're at it again. For the fifth year in a row, you voted us best of the best criminal and DUI law firm. And finalists for best law firm and best personal injury firm. Thank you for the love, Chattanooga. We won't let you down. Our family has been creating jewelry since 1986. Each piece unique with a story all its own. I'm Rick Terry with Rick Terry Jewelry Designs. I'm a jeweler and I want to be your jeweler. We're grateful that you chose us to be Knoxville's best jeweler. My family and staff look forward to serving you. So please come see us. Kingston Pike and Campbell Station Road in the heart of Farragut and downtown on Gay Street, right next to the Tennessee Theater. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back. Congratulations to Omari Thomas, defensive lineman for Tennessee, who has been named to the the football leadership council, the SEC football leadership council. So your own uh, Cooper Mays was on that as well. And uh, Cooper will join us for his weekly visit this afternoon, as will Jacob Warren. So a lot going on at the YouTube channel, Off the Hook Sports, and we would encourage you to click that like button, thumbs up, so we can bring it to more people. And also, if you haven't subscribed already, do that and get your notifications on so you can see when Coop and Jake Warren go up. We appreciate that. Portions of the program brought to you by Bassey Lawn and Garden. Man alive, it's worth a drive, whether it's industrial mowers, whether it's whatever the case may be, um, commercial or residential mowers, they've got you covered. When it comes to your lawn needs, they are fantastic. That's Bassey Lawn and Garden. Go to Bassey.com to learn more. Man Alive, it's worth the drive from Knoxville, Nashville, or Chattanooga. They're out there in Cleveland, Tennessee. They'll save you a lot of money because of their buying power. Bassey.com. So let me ask you this, Caleb. As Amari Thomas was announced as the SEC Football Leadership Council member from Tennessee. It'll be their representative. So we've seen a lot of instances in which Tennessee has had players step up from a leadership role. And one that I mentioned was Cooper Mays. And I've talked to him about being a leader and what that means in 2023. And it's significant. There's no question about that, that he was already a leader in 2022. And I think sometimes he maybe 
undersells himself as a leader in 2022, but he's one of those guys that, that really stepped up. So I talked to Jacob Warren about this and excluding Hendon Hooker, who was the guy who uh, Jacob said stepped up the most time when would provide the juice, so to speak. Other than Jacob, who were some guys who stepped up in leadership roles last year that you were impressed with? Is, is there any that stand out in particular? Because for the most part, Caleb, except for the South Carolina game, I thought this team had great leadership from within. Yeah, I was always big on Trey Flowers um, nice. as a leader. And I, I again, I said, I think that there are a lot of safeties in Tennessee football history who, because of weaknesses elsewhere in the secondary, did damage to their own draft stock to cover for issues elsewhere. And I think Trey Flowers did that very similar to what Jonathan Hefney did in 2007, what Rashad Baker did in 2003. Um, those are really the three standout ones that I feel like they sacrificed their NFL career. They sacrificed their NFL draft standing to cover for some glaring, glaring weaknesses. And Trey Flowers did a lot of that. So I, I he's a big one for me. I would have said Jeremy Banks until South Carolina. And then I'm like, oh, Jeremy Banks was a net negative for the team this past year. So, <laughs> and yeah, I think that, um, you know, there's a difference between being a great player and a great leader. Um, Darnell Wright, for instance, was a fantastic player, but I don't know that he was the raw, raw guy. I don't know that that's his style. Um, I think guys can, can be outspoken when they need to be, I think most anybody in a college football team can be. But as far as guys that I think need to step up from a leadership role, I think it starts and ends with Joe Milton to a large extent. I mean, if, if he is not anywhere near the leader that Hendon Hooker was, then you probably got a problem. Um, and I think that Joe Milton will be that type of leader, but he's going to be different. While Hendon Hooker was quiet from all that I've talked to, and unless he needed to be loud, um, Joe Milton is is more outgoing and he needs to, I believe, make sure that when he does uh, assume a leadership role that Caleb, it's not um, lost in the noise of being a, an outgoing guy anyway. So Hendon was kind of the baseline is quiet. And when he stepped up, everybody listened. You want Joe Milton to be able to step up and talk. But I don't think that they can possibly have a leader anywhere in the nation as good as Hendon Hooker was last year. Yeah, and, and, and you can lead in both ways. I think um, the 97 SEC championship team, Peyton Manning and Leonard Little, wasn't Leonard Little the, the, the quieter guy but was still a leader, whereas Peyton Manning was obviously outgoing, very outgoing. Um, and bigger than that, you know, Peyton Manning was very outgoing, a big personality, also very demanding. The next year, I think there was – one of the things I – one of the reasons I always felt Tennessee struggled in the first half of 98 was it seemed like there was an adjustment just to Team Martin's leadership style. It wasn't that he wasn't a leader. It was just that he was much more – calm should we say than Peyton Manning was and I guess a lot more I guess he was very, he approached his team very different than T Mart than, than Peyton Manning did and it seemed like there was a big adjustment but it, it that can work out too and T Martin didn't need to be that vocal because you had Al Wilson on the other side being intense so I think you can have I think you can your quarterback has to be a leader the type of leader they have to be is not set in stone yeah, I think that if you go back to that 1997 SEC championship game, the torch was passed from Leonard Little and Peyton Manning to Al Wilson. Yeah, you know, he got in a lot of people's face, and he 
um, was determined that Tennessee was not going to lose that game. They trailed by, what, 13 points going into the second half, I believe? Uh, 10. Jeff Hall hit a field goal right before halftime expired. Okay. The so, first half expired. so they they trailed in that game, Caleb, and it looked like they were going to fall short of an SEC championship in, in Peyton Manning's senior year, and that would have been awful um, to see him not win a championship. As, as any sort of Tennessee fan out there, it uh, would have been just – horrendous you, you would lump that together with not beating florida and then you question his college career which is probably unfair for one player but that is the moment um, that al wilson took over that team when um by multiple witnesses i was told that um that in that locker room there seemed to be a loss amongst the current leaders of peyton and and leonard little and that's when al wilson just kind of took over so you need those guys. Uh, we're going to learn who those guys are. But as as far as uh, other leaders on the field, you know, I'm I'm not really sure who else those guys are. I think they'll develop over spring practice and in the summer when those leaders are built. Anybody else stand out to you as potential leaders for this football team heading into 2023? It, it, it's so far out it's hard to know because um you know so many key guys were lost you know maybe tank mccullough i think he's coming back um he's been with tennessee now since 2019 he's been basically a starter since 2019 you know you might see tank really uh, jayla mccullough really step up and and he's this he's the new safety now that might have to do what trayvon flowers had to do last year and so maybe him Aaron Beasley's coming back. He's the only returning linebacker with any experience in production whatsoever. Um, so you could see something with him. Um, you kind of stole my thunder a little bit. I think that Beasley will be in more of a leadership role. I think by nature of the position of playing the mic, that that's going to happen. So that was that was actually who I was going to go with. So I reached out to uh, Tennessee this morning and got some of their – offensive records and benchmarks that you often see tweeted out if you're on the Twitter. And the, the question I had in response to LeBron James becoming the NBA's all-time scoring leader last night is where do some of these records actually sit historically and what Tennessee was able to do in 2022? So <clears throat> you, you have to, much like the NBA and LeBron, you have to kind of adjust for inflation, so to speak. The NBA, I mean, the, both teams in LeBron's game last night scored over 130. You saw how it wasn't that celebrated. It happened at midnight on a Tuesday. And it just it didn't have the punch that you thought it would have of becoming the NBA's all-time scoring leader. It just didn't. And I think that Tennessee's offense has more punch in terms of what they've done. But Caleb, much like LeBron in the NBA, the game has changed tremendously. Um, we, we've discussed the offensive linemen able to bolt downfield on passing plays, RPOs. We've discussed what Tennessee is able to do, on the other hand, schematically. So how much this is Josh Heupel, what we saw last year, and how much is it the state of the game also allowing up-tempo and not as many injury concerns uh, going along with Nick Saban hated. I mean, how much of that is each? It's a, you're right. It's a definitely a, a, a bit of a change of the game. Um, I think that the interesting, just jumping on LeBron for a minute, the intriguing thing about his, his record though, is you're right. It's partially the change in the game, but not for LeBron's purposes because Le, the game doesn't 
the changing games doesn't benefit LeBron's style and scoring because it benefits three-point shooters, which LeBron is not. So for him to break this record is really impressive, particularly when Kareem got the record. I, I asterisk that record because half of Kareem's career was played when the NBA was split, where the half the stars were playing in the ABA, and that's when he was his most dominant. And by the time the ABA absolved into the NBA, Kareem was 31, 32. And yes, he was winning, winning rings with the Lakers, but those Lakers seemed for Magic's team, let's be honest. Um, I agree with that. So... I would I would agree to a certain degree because there are certain records that they're going some Peyton Manning records are going to be broken by future Tennessee football quarterbacks. They're not going to be as impressive as Peyton Manning records were. They're just not. And you're right, you have to adjust. On a similar note, though, because of the change in the game, there are some pass records that we can go down if we if you want me to start them. I got a few off the top of my head. Funny enough that. There are a few Tennessee football defensive records that will never be broken, not just by Tennessee, by the way, but by anybody. No one will ever break a, cu- a couple of Tennessee football defensive records in today's game. Okay, well, let, let's get to those. So th- these are historic records? Historic records, yes. Okay, l- let, me, let me run this by you real quick before we do that. Single season records under Heifel, there were 16. And when we talk about offense only, Total points, 599 last year. Total points per game, 46.1. Total offensive yards, 6,832. Offense per game, uh, 525. Yards per play, 7.2. Touchdowns, 79. Passing touchdowns, 38. Rushing touchdowns, 40. These are all single-season records. Completion percentage, 68.7. Passing efficiency, 181.39. Passing yards, just over 4,200. Fewest interceptions thrown, three. Points after touchdowns made, uh, PAG 75. Total first downs, 330. Rushing first downs, 164. That is, um, that's a long list of records. And there are some that can be attributed by the change of the game, but there, there are others such as fewest interceptions thrown, which you can't attribute to the change of the game. You have to give complete credit to Josh Heupel and in this case, Hendon Hooker for what they did last year. Oh, I agree. Um, and nobody else did that. And also, even the, the one that stands out is fewest. You're breaking all these records, and then you have fewest interceptions in a year with three. So that's not necessarily a change in the game because you're throwing it a lot more, and you still um, you still have the fewest interceptions. Now, part of that is things are more favorable to quarterbacks throwing the ball now, and I, I, I understand that. But, no, I'm with you. I think that – I think that these records still stand on their own and you have to give them a lot of credit for that. And I don't think that it, yes, it's partially the change of, the, of, of game of the game, but it's not just the change of the game. No, I mean, you know, there's been offensive friendly systems in the sec now since 1990 and I haven't seen anybody do what Tennessee did last year. <laughs> so no, I agree. And when you compare it against the field, I think it eliminates any sort of asterisk like you, like you could add, to um, the guys that hit home runs, McGuire and Sosa and all those, or you could even add an asterisk for LeBron's record last night. And that is because the game has changed so much. But I I don't see that at all with Tennessee. And here's why. Tennessee, let's just take scoring offense, for instance, was 46.1. That was two points, almost two full points better than Ohio State, which played next to nobody. And that was five points better than uh, Southern Cal, which uh, had the Heisman Trophy winner, uh, five points better than Georgia and Alabama, 
Georgia, of course, won a national title. Um, and so when I look at this list compared to um, the current day state of football, Josh Heupel is having fantastic success. I don't think these numbers are inflated by rules changes over the years at all. Right. I agree. I agree. I, I don't think so either. Um, because the rules that would have changed, it would have benefited. Like you talked about the offensive line and being able to play so many yards down the field. That's kind of been a thing in college football for, I mean, at least since Art Bryles came on board with Baylor 15 years ago. And so I, I don't really see, I agree. I agree on that. I think I still, I, I think it's, I don't think it's also just the players though. Look, let's just, this is a Josh high, but this is an offense that is so ahead of its time that, Jimmy Hyam said yesterday he doesn't think anybody's ever going to catch up with it, even if you get, you know, as long as you have the right personnel. I don't know if that's true or not, but, I mean, I tell you, I, I, I've i listened to people break down this offense, and if you have a, and if you have fast receivers, a quarterback that can read a safety, and a quarterback that can convert on, like, four or ten deep balls, I don't know how you scheme out of this offense. Okay, so, so let me ask you this. Rank them one, two, three. State of the game, Josh Heupel players. What – what was primarily responsible in order for what Tennessee was able to do in 2022? Josh Heupel, number one. Agreed. Um, Josh Heupel, number one. I'll be fair. I'll go players number two because, like we've talked about, state of the game, no one else is putting up these numbers. So state of the game, number two. And, I mean, I'm sorry, players number two. Players number two, excuse me. And then state of the game, number three. Um, and for the record, most – records in football when you see people do these things i i i don't really put it on the state of the game when danny warfel shattered every passing record known to man in the sec in the mid 90s i don't think that was the state of the game that was more steve spurrier than danny warfel though like steve spurrier was number one and then danny warfel was number two for that happening a distant number two i would argue (laughs) (laughs) all all steve spurrier yeah i'm gonna agree with you perhaps it's it's better broadcasting if i disagree just for the sake of it but i'm not going to do that i, I think it's hypo one um players maybe a closer to than you, you have them i think they they had a special group of receivers i think um, yeah i would actually put and a special quarterback i would put chemistry ahead of state of the game just in a chemistry i think state of the game is actually fourth if i want to add that and in the last part of it um I just think the chemistry that they stumbled upon was was weird. And that's not was was great for Tennessee. That's not a guarantee that it's gonna happen in this upcoming season, but it is a certainly uh, a sign of good things as far as within that locker room, the way things work. I want to thank City Heating and Air Conditioning, cityheatandair.com. Portions of the program brought to you by the best HVAC dealer and um, that you can find in Knoxville. Just uh, absolutely fantastic. Uh, City Heating and Air Conditioning, cityheatandair.com. Integrity matters. All right, so the defensive records you want to throw out there, ones that will never be broken. And and a lot of these records, Caleb, I'm just going to say, a lot of these offensive records I would have said beforehand, they're never going to be broken, the ones I listed out earlier. But they were broken. I would have said the same thing about Kareem's, but you have Tennessee records from a defensive standpoint that will not be broken. What are they? Yes. Uh, to me, the standout one the most is General Nealon, 1938 to 19, 1937 to 1939. 15 straight shutout wins. That's a, Here's the NCAA record, 1937 to 1940. 
17 straight regular season shutout wins. That's never happening again in football at any level. I don't care. The game's changing. But that was impressive then because, guys, the shutouts were more common before the four pass. The four pass came at, like, what was it, 1904, 1903? So we're talking 35, 40 years after the forward pass, and they set that record, which is pretty impressive. Another one, and this is just because of the way stats are accumulated. Dave, you remember Andy Spiva? Yes, I do. 547 career tackles, SEC record. The way they count tackles now, no one's coming close to that anymore. No one's going to come close to 547 career tackles. And my last one, this is a college football record that I'm sure has been broken, but I don't think it's a Tennessee record that will be touched, which is Gene McKeever, five rushing touchdowns in a game against South Carolina in 1929. Tennessee just doesn't run like that anymore. And Chuck Webb, 294 rushing yards in a game against Ole Miss in 1989. I don't, I don't think either of those records is going to be broken. No. Chuck Webb is pretty good. Uh, good. Good list of records there. We'll join you each and every – weekday at 10 eastern again click the like button the thumbs up button helps bring more people to the channel and bring you more tennessee coverage and also if you haven't subscribed yet do that for caleb calhoun i am dave hooker we'll see you on a thursday at 10 a.m and each and every weekday at 10 a.m eastern time thanks to ron slay uh thanks to caleb calhoun who's crushing it on the youtube channel go to offthehooksports.com for the latest if you like the written word Have a fantastic day, everyone. For Caleb, I'm Dave off thehooksports.com. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.